Welcome to Super Excited with Stefan Roost. I'm Mike, the facilitator of this podcast. In this episode, Stefan talks to Chioko Osborne and Fez Nazarelli. Chioko is co-founder of High Vibe Network, in charge of culture and partnerships. She's also the founder and a consultant at Mandala Method, a consulting firm that focuses on inner technology, outer technology and community building. Fez is co-founder and CEO of High Vibe Network, as well as a co-founder and strategic advisor at Trusted Node, which is a validator network for proof-of-stake and next-generation blockchains. In this episode, you will hear about High Vibe Network. In their own words, they describe High Vibe Network as a Web3 and Metaverse media engine here to raise consciousness by providing elevating experiences and interactive digital story worlds online and in real life. You will also hear about yoga, meditation, how to work with global teams, how to keep a North Star when there are constant disruptions, governance on chain, and women in Web3. Enjoy this episode. Hey there, how's everybody? Yeah, really happy to be here today. I've got two super good people with me and uh, we're just gonna have a great chat. Um, we've got Faiz Nazarelli from High Vibe as well as Chioko also from High Vibe and it's International Women Day today depending where you are on the planet. So great to have them both here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so so Fize and I go back quite a while. We were introduced to each other by a lovely lady, um, and we hit it off right away. Um, it was just at the nascent stages of High Vibe. I think you just put your business plan together, and you launched High Vibe and, and got that going. Um, and you've come a long way today, right? And um, we hit it off so well that we both co-founded Trusted Node. So super happy that we've been on this journey together, um, trying to constantly find new ideas and really extract the value and the opportunity that blockchain provides. And so, yeah, high fives. And uh, maybe you want to sort of say a bit about yourself and, and how, how you're doing and, and a bit your background. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it seems like lifetimes ago when we first met, but it's only been a few years. And um, yeah, it's nice when you click with someone and there's like this trust that, you know, gets spawned off and you're able to just move in the world in a way that amplifies both of your efforts. And so I feel like you and I, no matter where we are in the world, we're always sort of benefiting each other, supporting each other and looking after each other. And it has a ripple effect. You know, that culture gets built within teams, gets built within partnerships, gets built across, you know, investors. And I think that we're building a track record that is really, you know, setting the stage for so many good things to come. Um, so I'm very excited to be working together. Uh, and with High Vibe, yeah, it's, it's, you know, from idea to reality, it's been such an amazing journey. Um, and Shioko here with me is one of the co-founders of High Vibe Network. And yeah, it's, it's auspicious. We're here on International Women's Day and also just like there's so many really exciting things happening in the world, but also it's one of the more challenging periods in the world as well, where there's like lockdowns happening and there's, you know, threats of war and, you know, things that are really, really troublesome and, and challenging. And I feel like this is an opportunity to come together like never before. And our missions and what we're here for are actually more important given the state of affairs. Um, so I'll share more about High Vibe and, um, you know, just from my, my own perspective, um, I'm here to add as much value as I can for the planet 
and also have fun along the way. I feel like if you're doing good work, but you're not enjoying it, it comes through. And so enjoying the journey is actually really important. Um, and also being, um, you know, consistently able to do hard work as well. Like doing the easy stuff isn't necessarily going to get the job done. Um, and so Chiyoko has some great wisdom that she shared with me in the past that, um, you know, the monks say that, what do you do before enlightenment? You chop wood, carry water. What do you do after enlightenment? Chop wood, carry water. It's a funny saying. Um, and it actually just goes to show like, no matter how successful you are, no, how, no matter how smart you are, no matter how amazing you are, there's still things that sort of need to get done for life to exist. And it, you don't have to resent them. You can actually embrace them. Yeah, and that, that sort of leads to you, Chioko. I mean, the first time I met you was, I think, you know, and, and you've been on a long journey with Fies. And, and given that we can't get together in person, but we've all been doing this remotely, you organized this great event um, and, and had me kindly as a speaker. And so, yeah, super glad to see you on the journey on High Vibe and co-founding it and, and getting to know you much better. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'll say your your video glitched for just one moment there, Stefan, but everything else was completely fine. So I'll just mention that. Um, and I heard what you said. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, being on this journey, that's what it really is. It's a journey. And sure. the destination, we have an idea of what direction we want to go. We have a North Star, as I always like to say. It's really about what are the experiences on the twists and turns of the journey and what is the unexpected and what's the magic that's going to reveal itself and who are the amazing humans who yeah. we're all going to come in touch with um, and get to know and get to collaborate with. And that's exactly what's happening right here. It's all about the journey. And yeah. I know all three of us are very mission oriented with the North Star of, as Faye said, you know, I share this um, value system of the way I word it is, how do you be of greatest service while having the most amount of fun? That's, that's my definition of a life well lived. That's what I'm interested in doing, being of service, doing things I love with badass, cool people like yourselves, and let's have a lot of fun while we're doing it. And that has been something that was a realization of mine over 10 years ago when I had a massive career pivot. I'm happy okay. to share later yeah. if we have time for that. But yeah. in the, yeah, so about 10, over 10 years ago, um, my orientation of my soul's purpose, what really gives me the greatest amount of joy and happiness is contributing to other people's well-being. Yeah. And wellness, you know, wellness is a somewhat of a generic term, you know, these days, but I take that seriously. And what is our own individual well-being? What was that pivot? How did that pivot? What, 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 what triggered that, number one? And, and where were you coming from when that trigger then kicked in? I like your maneuver. I'll go on that tangent. Happy to go on many different tangents. We have many options here, but I'm mindful of time. It's always interesting where you have a big pivot in your life and it changes your yeah. perspective, right? We all went through that. Absolutely. So my pivot happened in the year 2010. So 12 years ago, it was a radical spiritual awakening that I had. And this was after working 10 years, so a decade in the fashion industry in New York City. Yeah. So that's when I started my career straight out of college, advertising, marketing, branding. I was around when Web2 was invented, literally e-commerce um, was birthed forth. And the fashion industry was a little slow to adopt e-commerce. I was there when people said, no one will buy clothes online. It just oh. won't happen. People have to go into a fitting room in the mall. So I'm 42 years old. That's like, you know, dating me. This was in 2004 and I was working at Calvin Klein and I was there when they said, we're not going to sell things online. It doesn't make any sense. This is a fad. This internet shopping thing is a fad. So it's important to what we're all doing today is web two. Like we all remember when that was around. 
And for me, I built my career up to being CMO at Alexander Wang. So if you're familiar with the fashion industry, Alexander Wang is quite um, a notable, incredible company. Alex is a brilliant, brilliant designer, fashion industry genius, quite frankly. And that's when I realized that that was not for me and it didn't actually bring me happiness. Other people can have careers doing lots of things, but each person has to figure out what brings you joy, what brings yeah. you purpose, you happiness. And yoga and meditation was the absolute inflection point. When those two things came into my life in 2010, I was somewhat dragged to a yoga studio by a good friend of mine. Thank you, Jen, for doing that. Um, my heart opened and I didn't realize I was a hardened New Yorker, just playing the game, achieving game A to its finest, right? Amazing job, amazing lots of things you can have in New York City. And it oriented me to what the power of yoga and meditation and taking care of your own physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health truly means. I, I got that those righted for myself, and then I embarked in the wellness um, entrepreneur industry. So I founded a meditation company eight years ago, and I've had wow. many journeys along the way, and it all goes to where FaZe and I are now collaborating with everything that we're doing for High Vibe Network, which is essentially a Web3 company using that technology to bring more wellness and raise consciousness in this world. And I think that right there will help eradicate a lot of the pain, suffering, and problems that we see right now if you turn on the news. And, and I think that sort of really comes back to also partially what you were saying earlier, Fais, right? I mean, if you think about it, right? I mean, we're all, how did you get to Bali and the worlds collided that the two of you are now really driving on a common mission and getting that together and driving forward and moving on top of Web2, this Web3 world, right? And that to me, how do you find it is working, you know, at the, at the moment, both of you are in Bali, so it's a bit easier, but when you have decentralized teams to find the talent, the, 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 the partners that share the same vision, the passions to bring that to life and, and help create high vibe, how do you find that challenge? And I'm always asked that. So I, I like to sort of hear how others find that and particularly on different types of journeys, right? With the mission that you've got set out for high vibe. Yeah, I feel like there's so much synchronicity and um, there's a saying that I love in this life, there's no such thing as coincidence. And so when something happens, actually meant to be, and I, I really believe that. Yeah. And so Choco and I met through like a series of interactions and connections. And it was very much like, you know, undeniable that we're like friends and that we're going to co-create in some way. And it happened in stages. She actually joined Co-Mastermind, which was the event that you spoke about earlier on in this this chat. Um, and she was helping steward that and help, you know, like bring really good experiences to the table. Um, and that's evolved into something that's much more strategic and long tailed and, and you know, in depth. Um, and from a talent perspective, I feel like the the best people that we've brought on, we've magnetized. We haven't gone in some like traditional search fashion to find them. Um, Although we are doing that and we do have a talent funnel that's being refined ongoing. And we have lots of interest of people who want to be part of the project. In fact, most people who hear about our project are like, how do we get involved? And so we have to be very selective on the front end because we can't possibly bring on everyone into the team. And so um, we have to be careful around who we bring on and, and that vetting process is being constantly evaluated and refined so that we can be most effective with with our energy and attention um, as we're building, right? Because 
invariably when you're building, there's there's a, a basket of different things that you need to be focused on. And, you know, building itself is, is one thing, but then curating the people who are building together and then planning for the next sprints and then obviously looking at how we're distributing it and talking about it and, and the yeah. communication layer is also really key. And so, as you know, as another founder, there's, there's a, a multitude of things that need to be done at the same time, right, concurrently. Um, and so talent is, is super important and we're very lucky right now. We've got an amazing team and I know with Trusted Node, we also do. And even having so, you know, having said that, there's still so much more that we need to do and new people that will be invariably part of our missions. And so um, luckily being in Bali and in Asia, um, we're in a tractor field right now in this post-COVID world where a lot of people want to live in these places or spend more time in these places or align with these time zones, even if they're not in the same physical space. And so um, there's a bit of luck there. Um, and also, I feel like because we're living in a more uh, international environment, we're used to using Zoom and different time zones and, and curating, you know, meetings in that fashion. And so we're, we're built for this, you know, working in a traditional setting nine to five wouldn't probably work for us because, you know, Jogo goes to yoga at 11, but she's on calls at 8 p.m. sometimes, which was much different than the corporate lifestyle, I guess. So um, the flexibility... Really that work-life mesh, right? So that's really one of the things that have really allowed this decentralization of living and working, right? And so, and then look, I can go and go, you can go to your yoga class at two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Or you can yeah. do it at six in the morning. But on the flip side, you might be on calls, and I know you are, Fies, at 10 p.m., 11, 2 a.m., right? Because that allow that balance allows you to then, ident you know, with everybody working everywhere, allows you to have that kind of mesh, if you will. Totally. Um, yeah, no, sorry. I just I just felt that that was really important. And I think the other thing that's really led to this is, and that, you know, you were in New York, Chioko, before this, right? And so all of a sudden, New York is no longer that gravity. For us, Silicon Valley is no longer the tech gravity, right? It's all of a sudden dispersed around the world. And everybody can be a startup, can be an entrepreneur and launch their business because of this decentralized nature. It naturally may help, may have benefits. But how do you find that transition and moving away, having this team online and, and, and just finding a better center of gravity for your personal life, health, wellness and, and all of that? Those are really great observations and questions and inquiries. And I feel every person who works for a decentralized team can relate to these um, observations of like, how have things shifted in the past two plus years now? And significantly, we all know that. And I think as founders here, it really takes tenacity as a, as a founder or co-founder to be able to hold the container yeah. as it shifts and changes with yeah, the global exactly. team. Yeah. Where especially global. It's one thing if you have an office where it's optional to work from home a couple of days, but everyone's in the same city like New York. That is not the case for High Vibe Network. I think we're represented in nine different countries, maybe more um, with our team members. So I think it also takes a certain type of employee or consultant who wants to work with our company, who understands everything you just said about what are the benefits and those benefits resonate with them. For some people, it just doesn't. And because there's complexities in the world where they actually want that nine to five, maybe it's because of childcare, maybe it's because of who knows what other factors go on, but it's not a fit for them. So I think the company, one thing we've been very successful at is that in our recruitment process and our hiring process, we are crystal clear about how our culture lives and breathes within the team and that the only permanent thing in life is change. I feel like we've got all these wisdom quotes that we're offering out here. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. And that 
what were the style of hours that you might be keeping now because you're located in Dubai, get in that groove. But if we get a couple more people located in Australia, we might need to shift some of the meetings to be at different times. So this person needs to be agile with how our company evolves. And I think what and I are also trying to do is like not become rigid with, okay, this meeting is every Tuesday, 11 a.m. for the rest of our lives. It's like, well, it is for now because this works. Let's see how this morphs over the next three to six months and adjust, but also let's not adjust every week because people get very, um, so, what is it, ungrounded, yeah. they change yeah. too much, and there isn't an office being a grounding place. So we have to be careful of everyone's grounding as well. And then I find that challenge, I mean, one of the challenges I'm constantly confronted with and I try to deal with is if you're global, right, you transcend multi Australia, you've got Middle East, you've got Europe, you've got the West Coast, the East Coast, you're going across multiple borders and how in product development, there is a necessary level, particularly at an early stage of a product of brainstorming, you know, whiteboarding and, and oh, I've got this real problem. I need to talk to my team member to figure out how to solve that. How do you tackle that when you've got these five different time zones that you're transcending? I mean, how, you know, do you have any tricks or tips that you, you might want to share? <laughs> um yeah um yeah we'd love to hear your, the way you tackle it i'm gonna let face take this one um stefan it's almost as if you were listening to our conversation with the team yesterday so <laughs> this one. yeah it's it's actually a really really good question and so there's a couple of different things that get you know thrown into the mix when you're building products right and so number one is like your your all hands meetings where you have a bunch of people on and you're trying to build momentum and the other ones are where you're actually problem solving and you're trying to like get rid of um, a challenge that's in the mix and you need like the think tank type of environment where it's like a working session. And then you have some things where it's just like, you know, there's a couple or two, three people that are moving something forward and not everyone needs to be in on that conversation. And so I think there's like a free flowing approach. And so last night, for example, there was a smart contract thing that was being developed and there was two developers that were working on that and they're working on that in their evenings, but no one else needed to be on. So they worked at their convenience and it was like, you know, at 1043, they're jumping on the call. And so it's not at like a fixed time, but they're just like, hey, well, I'm ready, you're ready, boom, they jump on and then they're share screen sharing and they're, you know, in the code compilers, like, you know, fixing things. And, and so that really works, right? The ad hoc type of yeah. like, boom, let's get, let's get it done. And it's really nice when both people are flexible and they're both excited about doing it. And so they're just at the first opportunity they both have, they're jumping on and making it happen. And, and I really love seeing that. The other one is like the... Um, you know, when there's blockers or when there's challenges and you need to sense make, it's like, okay, like there's a challenge here. Like we want to solve this. No one solved it yet, right? Like with trust and know we're solving things that no one's actually solved yet. And so we have conversations that are like, okay, here's one scenario of how we can do it. And then people look at it, they review, they're like, oh, what, like, how does it work when we go multi-chain? Does that still work? Oh, which account do they need to log into in order to have that persistent experience? And so there's different considerations that then come in. And so that's really cool. It's like a think tank environment where you bring in the smartest people for that particular challenge and maybe one set of fresh eyes. And then you essentially go in like a round robin and, and cover it. And then the other one is the momentum calls. And this one is something that is constantly being fine-tuned. Um, but really, I feel like when you have a lot of people on a call, um, you only want to point out challenges that can actually be addressed. And you want to actually focus on generating momentum. Um, yeah. And this is like around getting morale up, getting people feel excited and people leaving the call feeling like, fuck yeah, like part of my French, but I really want to make this happen. Like this is like the most exciting thing that I could possibly be doing right now. And I feel like sometimes there's, there's, um, you know, opportunity for course correction. 
And that's a, that's a blessing too. Like none of us are perfect and none of these meetings are perfect. And so sometimes when something actually isn't perfect or isn't aligned in, in all the ways, pointing it out and looking at like not a personal thing, like our finger pointing, but like, how do we improve this? And that constant improvement is actually where you shine. Like none of us are going to show up and figure everything out in the first meeting. And so how do we treat projects like a laboratory where if there's like an ingredient that needs to be shifted a little bit or something that needs to be heated up to a different level to use that analogy that we actually have our fingers on the pulse and can actually make those changes in real time. And it's so interesting, right? Because in a way, every time a new team member joins and there's a shift in the dynamics, right? And so how do you incorporate that shift in the dynamics? And so as you mentioned, Chiyoko, we constantly, the change is the only constant, right? So somebody new coming in is bringing in a new set of dynamic. How do you, di how do you integrate that? How do you bring that in the fold and then still keep that alignment in the same sort of similar direction or the North Star? As long as you have that North Star, how we get there is always going to change, right? We're always going to go different paths, but we've got that North Star. Having that so clear is, is really important, I find. Anyway, I mean, that's, that's sort of the other thing I think is, is, you know, sort of given where we're at and, and we're talking about wellness and health and the situation that we and are, are suffering at the, on the planet, I think, today, right? I think, you know, we've got these, this disease going out. We've got a war breaking out. We've got egos playing. There's no humility anymore in the rulers that are running the world. Um, and, and so how do you keep a North Star, you know, with all of this constant setbacks and it's not just okay we got covid shit we have to change everything excuse my language but you know that's it we can okay let's fix it let's deal with it and then okay we, we're open again and then no 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 we're shutting that down again and oh we open again and no we're shutting down so there's a constant barrage and pushing you down so anytime you feel you can come up for air they're pushing you down again i mean how do you feel within the community that you're engaged with in high vibe that people deal with this and, 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 and yeah, just maybe how that stop there. <laughs> yeah, these are very relevant, very relevant Super topics. Up. And it's interesting that a little bit that you said, Stefan, it's like, how do the people in our community deal with it? And then there's also how does Chioko deal with it and how does FaZe deal with it? And there's something that FaZe and I have a similarity with is to, to say it in the most simple way is we don't let the state of affairs of the world get us down and we don't let it deter us from our North yeah. Star and we don't let it us creep this doubt, fear, insecurity, FUD in our own company of like, oh God, can we even do this? Because the, the bear market and the war and the, it's like, we are born and put on this planet for a reason. And we fundamentally believe that. And it's right now showing up in this expression of high vibe network and what we're doing and the team that's actually building this. And this is part of our purpose. And yes, we will have to be agile. Yes, we'll have to go back to the board and say, guess what? We pivoted this, we pivoted that, but we feel good for this reason because XYZ all changed overnight in the NFT communities. Like things are shifting very quickly. And I don't think it's that different than a lot of startups that have just been through their own, you know, rough cycles. Like this is very classic. And like the state of global affairs, well, the world has been through a lot. Like the, this, the, the history of the human species has been through a lot over all the centuries and thousands and thousands of years. And we were born for a reason at this exact time um, if you choose to believe like I do something along the lines of like our souls incarnate to do specific work with other people, other souls here on this planet. And we're on a mission to make this world be a better place by allowing individual people to find their own center, their own grounding, find compassion in their heart and hearts, 
because they're in a deep state of sorrow for whatever's happening in their personal life, their community or bigger life and offering people tools to be able to cope and find that inner light inside of them and act like the higher version of themselves versus the lower version of themselves, high self versus small self. It's a yoga sutras phrase or lesson. Be able to feed the, the wolf of love and light versus the wolf of fear and negativity. We all have that choice every day, no matter what our circumstances are. And so if at High Vibe, we're building something that helps people lean towards the light and being the better version of themselves, that's what allows me to keep going. And I will reference one other thing. One of my favorite books is Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, if either of you are familiar. And he's a Holocaust survivor, a very, very famous book. Um, he's a psychiatrist, I believe. And um, he survived Auschwitz. And he wrote this book. The reason why people survived the Holocaust and others didn't in these internment camps is because people who had meaning in their life and they hung on to that meaning and not the circumstance that they were surrounded by. This is his opinion. And something with me resonates a lot. People go through very difficult things. And if you can keep your North Star alive and purpose for living, even in trying circumstances, we will prevail. We will get through. But there is something, yeah, exactly. Like you say, the, the, the circumstances sometimes really have a significant impact. And sometimes you lose it for a certain period of time, but then you have to refine that again. And that's really Absolutely. what keeps you going and, and, and take, pushes you through that. Um, and having the to refine it. So when you experience real trauma yeah. and you're like 25, 45, 65 years old, how yeah. do you have the tools to get through that period of trauma? We're all yeah. going to experience trauma to varying degrees. And, yeah. and some, a lot of people in this world will experience trauma that I probably or hopefully will never experience in my lifetime because I'm a privileged person. Yeah. And I work very hard with the privilege that I have to be I, able to have positive impact. But I think like you said, right? I mean, we're, life is a journey. And so if you don't have trauma on that journey, you don't progress, you don't, you don't evolve either, right? I don't feel you're pushed under stress situations and, and you don't have that survival instinct to find that North Star again and say, actually, I can handle this, I can cope with this, this is, I'll come through this somehow, right? And so that's- Those are growth edges that are necessary. And yeah. when you break through a growth edge, it's an entire next level, it's an upgrade in how you're able to not just deal with life, thrive in life. When we, when we face these traumatic challenges or traumas and overcome, um, it, it's a powerful upgrade that we receive. One of the things is, and, and, and what I love about what you're doing as well, I mean, I think Fize and I've had a number of conversations around, you know, the planet and where we're going with the planet. We were talking about it earlier before we started this call and or this, this video conference or this, this panel. I don't know what we call a fireside chat or uh, <laughs> it's all the things it's all but one of the things is right sort of i really love the fact that we can bring governance into on chain right and we can structure the governance as terms of how the community would like it and the community can ape in to that governance and those policies that are reflected in that smart contract for lack of a better name, right? And so one of the things that I really get upset about is, is the governance that is running the world today is very limiting in terms of what we can choose in as a community and where we can go. And it's largely based on where we're located, right? So from the US, I'm adhering to Biden's governance, right? If I'm in China, I'm Xi Jinping's governance. And if I'm Russia, it's 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 Putin's, right? And so you have no choice. And so to me, 
How do we build worlds where people can ape in and choose to be a part of maybe a more wellness focused, maybe a more freewheeling, a DeFi oriented? I can, I can jump across these different models that allow me to find my true personality and be a reflection of where I, how I can evolve, right? How I, and what's my journey, my journey looks really different in that world. Now you're getting me excited. Yeah. I was already excited, by the way. Um, and so you, right, I'm like, let's go, um, LFG. You know, this is this is probably one of the most important topics at the moment. And one of our very good friends and advisors, Jordan Hall, wrote an article recently called The Dow Moment. We can link it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and really, this is the time. And what he says very, you know, comedically, but in, you know, a very real statement is that if you're not here to help, get the F out of the way. Because this is the time for, for the doubt. It's not guaranteed to work, by the way, but it is at one of our best chances at ratifying some of the challenges that you mentioned. And, you know, in, in this in this environment we're living in today, which is very evolved and actually very advanced, and there's a lot of positives to the system, even though people ridicule it all the time. There's a lot of good things. Like, you know, um, if you have a bank account, it's a very nice facility to have. But some of the challenges with the banking system are not so fun. And it's really annoying, right? Um, I know this is something, I, you know, I'm, I'm telling you as a joke because I know how much you <laughs> like DeFi more than TradFi, let's say. Um, and so, uh, you know, in, in the analogy you gave, there's like, the, the world's um, countries have their treasuries and us as the people don't really have much say in how those treasuries yeah. are operated. We don't have much stewardship over those treasuries, right. but then we have our own personal assets, which we have full stewardship of for the most part, right? Sometimes annoyingly not, but usually yes, right? Um, and then in between is where DAOs sit, where there can actually be treasuries that we can co-steward together and the stewardship component is actually very key because it's not about how much we can take from it and put it in our own pocket, but it's actually how we can use those funds towards a mission, towards some sort of prerogative or value system that needs to do something in the world. And so, you know, with Trusted Node, when you fast forward and you look at like decades from now, it has the potential to be one of the um, investment bank equivalents of the new world, which is a DAO that'll power DeFi and power the economies at an infrastructure layer that's fractionalized and owned by the people. And so if you look at downtown Hong Kong, which you showed us the skyline earlier, and you look at all those buildings and those names at the top, which names do you see, right? You see the banks, right? They're all banks yeah. um, and, and probably 90% banks to be accurate, right? Um, and this is in most cities. You look at New York, you look at, you know, Beijing, you look at Sydney, you look at Toronto, you look at, you know, places around the world, Vancouver, um, it's like that, right? And so in our lifetime, we're going to see DeFi take that over. And we're going to see companies and organizations and DAOs that merge into the likes of Trusted Node and actually are able to facilitate the financial needs of the people in a way that has a, a, a number of products in its portfolio that everyone can steward. And that treasury, that, that amount of money that that organization and DAO grows and holds can be stewarded by the people who are holders of the token or are staking the token, whatever the governance mandate is. Um, and in High Vibe Network, our mission is really to evolve consciousness. And what that means is elevating people's emotional states and tied into an, uh, an attention economy that's actually for the people, that's actually aligning the interests of the people who are using it, which we call collectors, and the creators and artists who are creating experiences within that. And if you look at social media today and the social dilemma that we all face, there's actually a big essay being written on this for High Vibe at the moment. 
there's a lot of challenges in the legacy systems that are extractionary. And most of our attention and our life force and our, you know, our, our true value creation capabilities are being extracted upon for interruption marketing or infinite scrolls that we're, we're tied to because of the algorithms being so good. Um, and so we're here to change that and do it in a way that's not conflictual with the legacy, but also augments the existing patterns people have and moves them towards what we call functional entertainment, which are things that are good for you, that also feel good, that are entertaining. Yeah, I think I think that that whole social element is changing, right? I mean, the way, you know, businesses have evolved as these centralized empires that have done fantastic and 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 captured the web too really well. And I think at some point they just because of their different constituents that they have, on the one hand they have the community and then on the other hand they had their shareholders. And so they had to juggle between oh, shareholder value versus you know, community value, right? And so they're stuck in the middle where they provided and launched and provided only community value. And that's how they grew that community. But then all of a sudden, the pressure from the investors and shareholders was, I need to be able to extract value out of that community. How do I do that? And then that's shifted their model to then all of a sudden having extraction. So adding a lot of value at the beginning and extracting all of the value at the end, right? Towards the investors and uh, shareholders, if you will, that aren't necessarily the users at the same time, by the way, right? Um, so a lot of that, <laughs> which, which is warped in a way, right? That's the challenge with VCs. I think VCs do add a lot of value, but I think the biggest challenge is that they buy before everyone and they dump on everyone. And that's the thing that the crypto market doesn't really love about VCs. But I think the positive side of VCs is that they open up doors and they help attraction and they give good advice and they have access that the companies that the, themselves don't necessarily have. Um, and one other thing I'll mention that's really pertinent here is that there's lots of call-out culture, especially from the legacy system that's critical of Bitcoin or critical of crypto or critical of this whole movement. And a lot of the people who criticize this stuff are not the ones using it, right? Exactly. So people who are criticizing NFTs and saying they'll never make it and they're right-click saving on these JPEGs thinking they're worthless, those people have never minted an NFT, right, for the most part. The people who are criticizing DeFi and saying that it'll never work are the ones who have never actually experienced it, right? And they, they haven't actually seen the genie out of the bottle, which once you see, you can't unsee. Um, and the same is true with like builders, right? Like a lot of people can criticize projects when they're in their infancy, when they're early stage, when they're finding their way. And projects in the space need a lot of resiliency and need to go through their own paths of, you know, adoption and figuring it out and, you know, dealing with, you know, uh, friction on the on-ramps from fiat and all these types of things, right? Login. Um, and so the ones that are actually here doing the work should be commended and should be celebrated and, when they're going through challenges, we should actually get behind them and actually try and help them rather than try and bring them down because this is actually really needed for the world. And so nothing starts out perfectly. And most of the most important projects that will exist will have tough times along the way. And um, yeah, I feel mm -hmm. like it's it's really important for us to remember that it's it's so easy to, to have like a finger pointing exercise and say, oh, it's, you know, you should do it this way or you should do it this way. But most of those people aren't actually the builders and they, they don't know what it's like.
And if you look, most of the com companies, every company out there has had its challenging moments and they had to break through that, right? It comes back to even us as personal lives. We have, on these journeys, we have a lot of impact that uh, puts us under pressure at some point, especially entrepreneurs. You're starting a company, you're building a business, you've got lots of different stress points that you're exposed to. Some, and with a bit of luck, you can break through those. And with a bit of help, you can break through those. And that's really important. I remember even early days, right? In Web 2, you were talking about that, Chiyoko, earlier, right? Facebook? Nobody's ever going to use Facebook. They'll never make any money, right? And look at them today, right? Google? What? Google's got to compete against Yahoo, InfoSeek, and, and all these other meta search <laughs> engines that were out there, right? No, nobody's going to compete against that. You can't compete. That's what I love that. <laughs> and then so... Yeah, I'm going to talk here and just say, you know, a phase I often talk about, or I, I bring up the story about Netflix, right? And I don't know exactly how it all went down yeah. and who said what, but they were actually, you know, had to find out how to, or figure out how to make revenue. And so yeah. mailing DVDs, mm -hmm. mailing DVDs in a in an envelope you put in your mailbox, that was their revenue driving model. And the people there saw the future of the internet and they knew streaming video was going to be possible. You try to tell that to like some investors or the average public, forget it. You're like, never. Never could your this thing actually have videos that are on it. I mean, this was all impossible. And so having that kind of reminder for what FaZe and I are doing right now with High Vibe Network and a lot of other Web3 companies building, we are so ahead of people's understanding of what they are, what these people are even going to be doing in 12 to 24 months time. Steve Jobs says this all the time, you don't ask people what they want, you show them. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. Or you show them or or even it's it's where is the puck, you know, Wayne Gretzky, where's the puck going? And I'll follow I'll go where the puck's going. I'm not going to follow the puck as it is now. Right. So where do people Let's keep going? Absolutely. That's what we're doing. I think we sense like the current and this is where intuition, you know, as founders or visionaries really is something I hone in on. And I speak to other visionaries as well, because we can't lose our intuition to get so in the OK, where's the market at today? Like what's happening right now? It's like, no, where is this all going? And how, how do we catch the current, right? Don't fight it. Don't try to swim upstream. How do we catch the current and like read the tea leaves of where this is all going? I, I think a couple of things, right? One is I really like that. Where is this all going, right? And I think we, when 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 the US and Europe and, and, and you know and China started printing money when COVID happened, you know, it's only transitory inflation. We just felt that there was no insight and no modern approach to calculating inflation and providing transparency. So we launched Trueflation.com. And now, right now, I don't know, I woke up this morning and maybe it's my, you know, my algorithm that's finding all this inflation data, but I'm getting YouTube video after YouTube video, tweet after tweet, and social posts after social posts, inflation, inflation, inflation. And so, yeah, lucky, you know, a bit of luck comes with that too, but we just hit the spot with Trueflation.com. But the other interesting with Trueflation.com is we've been going out and, and sort of doing a pre-sale on the tokens. And one thing that we've I've noticed particularly is there's a shift in the investors that you're meeting today. They've come out of product development. They've been building. They've been entrepreneurs themselves. They are no longer just financial analysts that have crunched spreadsheets um, that are, you know, just have analyzed by looking at papers or websites or seen uh, you've crossed the T's and not the I's properly, which I find inspirational, right? So the value that you bring and your experiences 
are met on the counter side of the table. And maybe they'll have a developer team there too that can help and build on a product that you've got, right? And, and I know with, with High Vibe and Lion Dow, you've been also talking to other investors. And I'm just wondering if you're seeing that same element, especially as I find that investors today are also a lot more conscious about the, the well-being, right? So mentally, physically, as well as, you know, um, sanity-wise, um, then sort of find that balance, right? Oh, maybe not. Okay, interesting. I think they could be... Uh, I, I think everyone wants, yeah. wishes they were more than they're actually able to like, when push comes to shove and someone has to write the checks, it's still hard to do it for like meditation companies. I speak from my personal yeah. experience so many years ago and, and with wellness, it's like, and everyone wants to offer great employee benefits, but it's, it's just very hard to do. I will say, I think there's tremendously positive yeah. change in the right direction that is happening, but I would love to see greater improvements. I would like to see a lot more truly impactful wellness companies invested in by VCs, um, because I do feel that's one of the things that's going to actually help the world. The, the ROI measurement of like psychological wellness and mental wellness, it's like hard yeah. to put KPIs you know, on that. And it's people using it and people are addicted to the shit they see on their Facebook feed instead of some of these wellness apps. So how do we find that psychological balance? But Faze, I, I would love to hear your, you know, take on that too, from like finger on the pulse of, um, you know, VCs and, and the investor space with wellness. Yeah. I feel like there's so much wisdom in what you shared. And, um, you know, as we wrap, there's two really big points that I'd love to hone in on. And okay. one is the one that we're talking about here is that I think there's a more elevated investor that's coming to the table and it's not your traditional quants and only like, you know, people who are just number crunching, but it's people who actually get the space. And as time progresses, the degen culture is turning into elevated degen culture. Yeah. It's not just about how much can I take from the system? Because these are the perils of the legacy system where everyone's just take, take, take. And then, it, you know, it ends up extractionary, right? Net, net. Yeah, and I feel like the, the elevated culture is the one that's like, how do we use this for good? How do we use these tools to impact lots of people? And how do we use this as wealth generation for a lot of people? How do we make it profitable to do good things within an ecosystem with game theory? And I feel like the people who we're attracting are really tuning into that more and more. Um, and we're educating people too. So like we're talking to investors and they're seeing what we're doing and they're like, holy F, you've been working on this for how many years? You're doing this. And they ask a lot of good questions and I feel like them when they leave the meeting, Chiyoko and I say this all the time, they usually feel better like inside after they leave meetings with us. And that actually means something that that's a currency. Right. Um, and the second point I'll, I'll share is that we're seeing a really big shift now more than ever in women entering Web3. And some of the stuff Chiyoko mentioned is actually the wisdom of the feminine. It's really around like feeling the people and really caring for the participants. And it's not only about solving problems, which is very masculine and innovation and like, you know, more lines of code, but it's actually more about the intangibles. Like how do people feel when they're using this stuff? What are the investors looking for that they should be leaning into more? That's like actually caring about the well-being of humanity and not just about more TPS transactions per second or whatever it is. Right. And I feel like that confluence between both is actually where we're all going to shine. It's like the harmony, the synarchy between masculine and feminine, where we're all rising together. And it's not one or the other. It's not about, oh, like only women should be focused on or only men should be focused yeah. on. It's actually how do we actually coexist and support each other and not have this like stigma around one or the other, but actually there's like pure harmony. 
And I think that's, that's where I love, you know, the fact that tokens and tokenomics can really put the power in the user's hand to appreciate and quantify the value that they can give to feeling good. Because otherwise, it's super hard to Correct. put value to it. And, and, and any investor that sort of sees there's a big enough community that's interested in feeling good, and they're going to put a value to a coin that's going to be out there. And the same applies to the planet. The same as applies to the environment and everything else we're doing, right? And so if there is a value that's out there and a community large enough to appreciate that value, I think, you know, price go up, right? Because people will demand to have a part of that. And the only way to interact with that community is having an NFT or a token or in some form or fashion, be engaged with, with that community, right? That's why I love you, Steph. You get it. And... Um... Yeah, it's, it's really all about that. And like the tokenomics and game theory is really the, the sort of architecture. And then it comes down to this magnetic force around people actually using it, feeling good and getting benefits from it. Exactly. And if those two things mesh, that's how you see, you know, the adoption curve go like a, a Wayne Gretzky hockey stick. And that's why we need this interaction with people on a global scale to be able to exchange because that drives communication, that drives interaction, and that interaction and communication creates a level of happiness. And so that's what we need to foster to minimize the investments in more weapons, in more killing machines, and instead, let's have a happy world. And on that note, I really implore you, know, you to check out High Vibe follow Fies, follow Chioka on their Twitter accounts and check it out on highvibe.com. Is it? Is it at the URL? Um, yeah, highvibe.network, highvibe.xyz. It all links to highvibe.network. And um, yeah, we're, we're super excited about what we're creating. Uh, we're very tightly aligned with Truflation, with Trusted Node and this whole ecosystem. And we feel like Web3, we all work together. We're like, you know, jets in the, in the air that are you know, doing good and, and dropping gifts to people quite literally. Um, so yeah, thank you for, for having the opportunity. Tightly aligned and loosely coupled. I think that's the way we're, we're focused moving forward. Thank you, everybody. Big love. See you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. This was Stefan Roost, Chioko Osborne, and Fez Nazareli. You can find out more information about High Vibe Network at highvibed.network. That's H-I-G-H-V-I-B-E dot N-E-T-W-O-R-K. You can find Chioko on LinkedIn by searching Chioko Osborne. And you can also follow Fez on Twitter at FezVibes. Finally, you can also follow Stefan on Twitter at sroost99. That's S-R-U-S-T-99. And you can find the Super Excited with Stefan Roost podcast on all major podcast platforms and on YouTube on the Stefan Roost channel. Thank you for listening.